Welcome to Gospel Matters, where the gospel interacts with everyday life. Well, welcome back. It's great to be back again for another episode, and we're excited to continue our journey through real-life discipleship, which we've been talking about for the past couple sessions here on Gospel Matters. And uh, we're going through Jim Putman's book, uh, Real-Life Discipleship, and 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 uh, that is a great resource for how to do really good discipleship and really kind of do a self-assessment, even on yourself, to figure out where you are in your discipleship. And so we've been kind of looking at that uh, for the past couple weeks. So We'll continue looking at that today. How are you doing today, Casey? Doing great, Pastor Brent. Thanks so much for uh, leading us again in this episode of Gospel Matters. And as you said, we're doing Jim, Jim Putman's book, Real Life Discipleship. And you know, I, my favorite part about the book is just basically helping us as we're making disciples identify where people are in their faith journey and how to help them mature and go to the next level. Now, it doesn't go into a lot of details of what all to study when or anything else. I think there's some additive to that. And the way they go about doing it, they leverage more biblical or Bible storying in their small group ministry. Um, that's a little different than what we do here at Christ Community Church. But overall, one of the most helpful aspects I've seen is just the way they've thoughtfully, uh, how he's thoughtfully put together this resource um, and the company, you know, uh, 12 weeks studied along with it. To have some sort of strategy understanding is how does a disciple mature, where disciples in the process. And so I'm really glad that we're continuing our talk today with that, especially in view of our current sermon series um, called Discipleship Defined. Yeah, yeah, it's been great to go along with these two resources kind of side by side. So we're going to continue on with our study out of the book and, and kind of look at some of these things. The past couple of weeks we've looked at uh, kind of a general overview, and we looked at what it was, what, what are some of the characteristics of somebody who is spiritually dead. Uh, now, in this book, he talks about uh, kind of a progression of discipleship from somebody who's spiritually dead to who's a spiritual infant, then becomes a spiritual child, then a young adult, and then a spiritual parent here at the end. It's kind of the end goal, somebody who, who's kind of a, a more adult-like spiritual person who can, who can really do uh, some, some great discipling on that. That end. And so as we're mark, walking through these different levels, we've already took the, taken a look at the spiritually dead person. We have taken a look at some of the characteristics of a spiritual infant. And today we're going to get a little bit more in depth into what it means to be a spiritual child. What are some of the markers of a spiritual child? And how do we uh, best uh, minister to those who are currently in that stage. And as we kind of look at this, you mentioned that this is a great way to identify where people are, but we want to caution people. This isn't an opportunity for you then to go out and begin judging people and putting them in different categories. <laughs> Don't be a spiritual child and go start judging people. Right? <laughs> exactly. Absolutely, yeah. Exactly. It's a helpful tool. I think uh, as we've discussed over the past couple of weeks, there are times when we maybe all slide at different levels into this, through this category. I mean, there are some times when I act like a spiritual child, and I will readily admit that. And then there are some times when I when I take a little bit more seriously and maybe I reach spiritual parenthood, maybe. But uh, I think this is a helpful tool to gauge where you are yourself and to help you understand where maybe other people are coming from and maybe how you can minister to them better. So with that in mind, let's talk about spiritual childhood. Uh, what is spiritual childhood and how do you tell if someone is a spiritual child? Well, you know, as we talked about last week, the spiritual infant is one who's brand new to the faith. They've been born again. But they still have a bunch of bad habits, a bunch of wacky beliefs. There's a lot of ignorance surrounding, um, you know, surrounding their belief about Jesus, and uh, they're just, you know, all over the place. A spiritual child is one that's starting to learn, if you will, how to hold the fork for themselves and how to maybe feed themselves. Starting to realize, hmm, I'm allowed to have some thoughts and opinions, um, and, and they're really wanting 
um, to, to, to grow in their faith and um, but 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 still they're identified primarily by self-centeredness that that what Jesus did for them what the church is doing for them what they can get out of things they're willing to serve when it serves them or makes them right. feel good but right. when serving no longer feels good they don't want to really do that anymore it's kind of like a dog my you know my daughter um, Braylon when she was younger she would want to come outside and help me wash my car and she loved washing my car until she got wet or dirty and then she was done washing the car right they right, she wanted right. she wanted to be a part of it as long as it was fun for her but when she saw something else that was more fun then she wanted to go do that and so we see a lot of this and I, I really believe that um, many people not just in our church but in the church really get to a, an older spiritual child stage and they get stuck there and they just stay there and so it's all about them and what they want and their preferences um, and it's it's about God as in how much can God do for us but it's not as much about okay what, what is it that God's calling me to do in, in view of his gospel in, in, in view of his salvation so um, th there's some pretty clear markers I think for spiritual children um, I, I mentioned this uh, this pattern in a recent sermon uh, just basic overview of these and I had someone recently message me saying you know, so-and-so said that they really identify as a spiritual toddler. So we're having people add, we're already providing several stages right, where right, people right. make their own up, where, where, where the guy is aware of his surroundings and knows a little bit, um, but just has random breakdowns and tantrums and doesn't really know or care at times. Um, and so it's neat to watch people engage with this, but in general, we're in, there, there's, there's really, in the Bible, it talks about infants, children, adults, parents, um, yeah. Teenager, yeah. you know, I had someone else stop me yesterday said, I, I feel like a spiritual teenage girl, um, you know, and it's like, well, fortunately it was a female, so there, there was a, um, you know, but I mean, I, I guess we can all identify with uh, spiritually teenage girls sometimes and emotionalism and stuff, but she was pretty funny about all that, but, but ultimately she was just saying that there's some maturity going on, wanting to be an adult, but not really having the chops or um, the, the stick-to-itiveness, I guess, that you would um, to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think those are all good uh, things to think about as we kind of gauge what what does it mean to be a spiritual child. I like the analogy that you use that you know they kids a lot of times have these passions. They want to do things. Things look exciting. They look fun. But very quickly when they become difficult, if they're not coached properly, if they're right. not helped through that, then they want to give up right yep. away. The moment things become difficult, I know I'm certainly experiencing that with my uh, two kids right now. That they we just had a third, a little little baby brother. Brother, and they love helping out baby brother. They want to feed baby brother. They want to do, you know, they, they want to hold him for about two minutes. That's and then right. once you go beyond that, it, it becomes really difficult. And that, that has, I think, a, 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 an impact on when we talk about who's discipling who in the church. Right. Because if you have a lot of spiritual children trying to disciple spiritual infants in the church, it's fun for about two minutes for them. That's right. And then the moment it becomes difficult, the moment they have to really put in some real work and real labor in it, you know, that's when they don't, they really don't want any of that. And so I think that's a good, you know, guard for, for those who are, who are thinking whether they're ready to disciple somebody, uh, we maybe need to check where they are. are. they in it for the long haul? Are they willing to go through some of the dirty work that it takes to, to really... And that doesn't mean they can't somebody. partner with a spiritual parent and say, yeah. hey, I, I want to mature and how I disciple, but it's kind of like, like I said earlier, when my daughter helps me wash the car, when she's done, I still finish washing the car. Yeah. You know, that's the thing you have to think through in strategy. Like, 
hey, I'm kind of childish in my faith, and I really want to grow in it, and uh, I led this dude from work to the Lord, but I don't really know what the heck I'm doing, so I'm going to find someone who does, and then maybe I can help and learn along the way. Maybe I can be discipled, too, yes. to grow more, yes. you know, and I think that's how you start thinking about these things. It's not necessarily a... Um, a thing where you go and say, uh, well, I, you know, I, I know enough things to know, and so I'm going to disciple someone. Well, guess what? If your faith in the Lord is still pretty young and immature, the first time that person you're discipling sins or acts like a spiritual infant, you're going to want to quit. And until you grow in your faith and realize, hey, that God is, is good and He's sovereign, He's going to help carry us through um, these hard times, um, it's not you know, it, it, it's just not for the faint of heart. Discipleship is messy. Yeah. It's a process, yeah. and it takes time. Uh, so it's just something to be mindful of. Well, let's say you're looking at this and you're kind of noticing as we talk about some of the uh, things that go into spiritual childhood, some of the markers of a spiritual child, and you're starting to look at your own life and you're starting to think, you know what, maybe that's where I am. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm I'm kind of a spiritual child. Maybe I've started to exhibit some of these characteristics and I'm always thinking about what the church can provide to me, you know, uh, looking for that emotional experience when I get there, you know, hoping to be served in some way. Maybe you're starting to realize that that's the case. What's your advice for that person who's a spiritual child? Is it bad to be a spiritual child? You are where you are. Uh, what's worse is when a child tries to act like a grown-up. Right. That's what's alarming. I remember, um, you know, just you know, when I see little kids dressing up like adults while it's cute at times, I wouldn't want that little soldier going to fight, you know, the enemy overseas or or on our own turf. Right. It's like, hey, that's cute, but that's not that's not really where you are. I think the first step is just admitting, man, I'm a child. I'm a spiritual child. I don't really know much, and I haven't really cared, but something's happening to me now, and I do care, right? You know, some marks of a spiritual child, according to Putman, um, is that they have excitement over new, deep relationships. They want to go deep with people, but it's more about what they're getting from the relationship rather than that relationship encouraging them towards the Lord. You see people get dis disillusioned, and spiritual children get um, disillusioned with people because they have such high expectations of them, and those people are chronically not meeting their expectations, yeah. and so they're disappointed in them. Whether it's a pastor or or a community group leader or a spiritual friend, you know, it's like, well, I still struggle with sin. Why haven't you held me accountable to that more? And, and maybe that's a conversation that needs to happen, but ultimately what, what they really mean is, why have you not stopped me from sinning? Yes. And, 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 and that's a, <laughs> a little you know, blame shifting right, going on. Absolutely. There. You, know, um, you know, but you also see, I, I remember when, when I was about eight or nine, I wanted to start walking the way my dad held his hands and the way he walked. I wanted to watch like my dad's and I wanted to, to look, you know, to, to behave more like him. Um, so if you're a spiritual child, you should be see, saying, who do I want to be like yeah. in the faith? I mean, who do I, who do I see out there that I want to emulate what they do and how they operate and how they act? And, of course, all of us would love to say that's Jesus, who we want to do that. But we often have to have real life examples, not real life people in our experience who we can, who we can uh, emulate and see. And there is, Paul does tell you know, his readers to imitate me as I imitate right. Christ. So we have to have those people that we can imitate and that we can uh, help learn from two primary markers i see of child spiritually childish behaviors primarily in our context um, are those who have spiritual highs and lows back and forth um, you know they, they have the spiritual high and then they have a spiritual low and it's just all and all of us have kind of peaks and valleys but just all over the place and that, i was like that man i would go to a, a concert well sometimes i go to a christian concert and be in a low afterwards uh, you know, <laughs> because you know the music sometimes wasn't that great but um but i mean just you know you're super high in a mountain and the next year you're feeling like an atheist and and so um you, you see that quite a bit i, I, I see that here and in our context i'm not even just seeing our own church but just in the area we find ourselves in the northeastern area um also the the tendency to um, serve others in ministry as long as the benefits are outweighing the cost. 
You know, as long as there's not something better to do on that Sunday, I'll show up and serve. Right. But if there's something better, and so the commitment is like lower on the on the scale, and so if we can get around to it, then yeah, I'll do it. But otherwise, I'm just going to bail right. on the last minute because that sounds better. That sounds more fun. And, and we see a lot of that. And, and the, I'm not saying that passive aggressively or even aggressive aggressively um, that I'm angry. But th those are markers that we see in our context a lot of you know, ups and downs, lefts and rights, all over the place. Um, and one other guard that I think is helpful that Putnam gives for spiritual children um, is those who lack wisdom about how to use what they're learning. So if you have someone who maybe is learning about the Reformed faith and all of a sudden they want to, con they're, more, uh, they're more zealous about converting people to Calvinism than they are to the Lord Jesus. Um, or someone who loves Jesus and man, they're going to just right hook the next waiter they get with the Lord, uh, you know, and instead of leaving a tip, they're going to leave a gospel track. And let me just stop right there. If you're going to leave any sort of spiritual stuff, leave a very, very nice tip. <laughs> okay, right. because the Lord is good and not stingy with His grace. Um, and so those are the type of things that... Um, you know, and you also see spiritual children, um, uh, you know, find just kind of get really judgmental of other Christians at times or comparing themselves right. a lot in the comparison games. And so those are some of the qualities that you see with a spiritual child. Well, okay, so those qualities are, are good for us to keep in mind. When we see them in others, how do we minister to them well? How, yeah. do, how do we help disciple them uh, without being condescending, without being, you know, uh, trying to think that we're superior to them. How do, how do we disciple people who we can tell are kind of in this phase of spiritual childhood? Well, you know, I think, you know, they, they need to realize they're part of a spiritual family. And so for us at Christ Community Church, they need to be connected to a community group uh, of people of all different places in, 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 the, in the faith journey. Um, they need to learn how to start feeding themselves. I remember when Abigail, who's now three, started learning to handle a, a, a little spoon and a fork, and she would frustrate herself. But eventually she learned how to eat and feed herself. It's not that we don't always, that we always make her eat by herself, but we still help her along the way, but we're teaching her to feed herself. And so what we mean by that for spiritual children, they need to learn how to study the Bible. They need to learn how to have their own prayer life. Um, they need to start thinking, understanding their new identity in Christ, that they're not identified by their previous sin or their current sin or certain ways of, of living life or their career. They're identified first and foremost in Christ. They need to have uh, a growing relationship with Jesus and a growing relationship with other believers. Um, and they also need to understand what, um, and, and this is something that I think Putman really does a good job on explaining. They need to learn how to have appropriate expectations of other believers. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I see a lot of young believers, spiritual children, just get blown away or burned out that whether a pastor or a spiritually mature believer isn't spending all their time with them. And, and we see that a lot, unfortunately. Um, just, you know, that you have people who are like, well, why, why hasn't she called me or hung out with me? Or why isn't she here about discipling me? Or just, just really thinking from a self-centered point of view. Yeah. And Putman says that, hey, part of that is just teaching people. Here's what you can expect. I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it, it, as a church plant, you know, back when we were 30 people, people could, ex you know, expect that everybody could have access to my cell and text anytime. And, you know, and even now I try to keep up with everybody coming in, but it's like, it doesn't, it's just not even physically possible for Stephanie and I to go to everybody's this or that all the time. It just, we can't. Um, but, but helping young spiritual children have reasonable expectations of their pastors and of yep. the community group leaders and of people discipling them and other believers um, that, you know, uh, I think that's super helpful for people. Well, I think, you know, kids are notoriously impatient. That's right. You know, it's the old thing when you're driving on a family vacation. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And I think <laughs> spiritual children often exhibit that type of mentality. They want to be somewhere better um, and they're constantly asking that question, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And, you know, I think 
one of the things that spiritual children need to understand is that no, and we probably never will be here there in this life, but we can continue to work towards it. We continue making progress. We're getting closer. We can, exactly. And we're getting closer and closer and closer. And I think there's a, uh, an opportunity for them to learn how to participate and be a help in that process that they don't just have to ask, are we there yet? But they can ask, how can I help us get there? Yeah. I started and, teaching uh, the Bible as a sp- spiritual infant or as one of my friends says, spiritual toddler. Um, and then when I started teaching weekly in a, in a larger context with students, I was probably a spiritual child. And so, man, I thought I had it all together. I was going to nail it and rock it out. And the first week I did, because I shared my testimony that I've been, that I had been sharing for about three years solid um, mm-hmm. to crowds and everything else. But week two came and I had to write a brand new sermon, and that was a whole new ball game, man, uh, of, of, <laughs> of just realizing the deficiency and, and the lack of depth of my own soul because I wanted the benefits of adulthood, but I didn't yet understand the responsibility of what all right. it took. Right. That your, your communication skills will get you through your first sermon that you've done yeah. several times. Yeah. Uh, you know, so those kind of mindsets of, of but, but I was given environments and opportunities to start serving other people and to do harder things and to act like a kid and get some correction. And, and I'd had the, some of those trustworthy relationships with older believers in the faith and, and they really helped me grow and mature through that process. Yeah. You know, I think as I think through this, this um, uh, analogy. One of the things that really helped me growing up as a as a child uh, that I really benefited from was just good coaching. I mean, my parents did the best job that they could, but also, you know, I'm, I'm a sports guy. When I was growing up, I used to play sports, and and having good coaches, people who, you know, when I messed up. They told me what I did wrong, and yep. they helped me out, and they pointed me in the right direction, and we did all the reps, and we kept working, kept practicing. So if there are some of those who are our listeners here uh, who are a little farther ahead, I mean, I, I hope that you see an opportunity as you're in your community groups, as you're walking with people uh, through the Christian life, that you have a great opportunity to coach people and help them out and help them, you know, uh, 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 walk through life and 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 teach uh, things that have worked for you and, and how they can um, how you can come alongside some of these young child children like believers uh, to really help them grow up in the faith that they they need people like you uh, to help and so there's opportunities aplenty as you go into your community groups the next time to really be good coaches really good friends and to help others uh, be discipled and grow up in the faith I mean I think that's just so important to, to see those opportunities out there and if you bite off more than you can chew, ask for help. Absolutely. Because uh, kids are notorious for that, right? Children are notorious for trying to carry more than they can or, or pick up something heavy. Um, and that's why we have to come along and help them. You know, let them try, though. Let yeah. them learn. Yeah. You know, I, I tell you, I tell the story all the time that Braylon, when she was about three and a half years old, came up to the iron in our ironing board. I said, do not touch it. It's very hot. And she put her finger on it anyways. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a very loud, hard cry. Um, but ask me how many times she's uh, gone to touch that iron sense <laughs> zero right our clothes iron she doesn't touch it ever she even knows now it's hot and she is an evangelist towards its heat towards her little sister now like do not go near it it will burn your finger <laughs> and, and, and it's just you know you kids sometimes yeah. if they yeah. won't listen they'll feel it um and so i mean that's the beauty in the process of it and and also for you know <laughs> you know we talk about well i'm i'm a spiritual parent i make disciples but i act childish sometimes Absolutely. i think about being a spiritual parent is being able to identify myself mm-hmm. sooner <laughs> that I'm being a baby about things yeah. um, or allow others to speak into my life. And as we mature, that we're able to say, okay, you know what, you're right. Um, I need some help there. Or that's a deficiency in my character or an area for growth and discipleship for me. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, we're, we're in this journey together. It's it's not, and I, you know, in our achievement-based culture, it's hard to look at something like this and really admit that, 
man, I'm an infant. I, I don't know a thing. And I had an old older man this past weekend um, come sit with myself and some other guys in community group and say, hey, I've just never really been a disciple. I'm pretty much a spiritual infant, and I'm kind of ignorant about this stuff. I know a little bit, but... And we all just started chatting with him. And he was older than all of us. Uh, and so it was a neat opportunity to just, you know, to see some of the vulnerability coming out yeah. that, yeah. hey, you're going to stay where you are unless you just acknowledge where you're at. Well, and that's the thing. That ability to recognize that you are where you are right. is a sign of maturity. That's it. You know, it's a sign of maturity. And uh, um, I think uh, that's important for a lot of people to say maybe that next step in maturity for you is to really take stock of where you are. Absolutely. So that you can grow. So you can grow. There's no shame in that. It's you got to begin somewhere, and so hope a lot of people take advantage of that. Well, I think this has uh, been great to talk about spiritual childhood. Next week, when we come back, we're going to be talking about spiritual young adult, spiritual young adults. So hope you'll tune in next time as we talk about that as we continue through this great material. And if you'd like, go ahead and pick up a book. Uh, Jim Putman's uh, Real Life Discipleship. You can get it at our resource table there in the back of our, our service at Christ Community Church, or you can go on Amazon or, or any other uh, resource that sells books, and you can you can find that book. It's a great resource, and we encourage everybody to have it on their bookshelf. Yeah, so we'll see you guys next week.